0: Hi ho I'm Uno Clay from Philadelphia, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon. In a world torn apart by angry pundits and ceaselessly acerbic news, the cheerful tone of Gen X Grown Up is always a welcome escape, not to mention endlessly entertaining, and sometimes even informative. If you want to support the show too, click on genxgrownup.com Patreon and toss them a couple bucks. It's the guaranteed way to gain the respect of your peers and immediate promotions at work. Not guaranteed in all 50 states. Some employers may see fit to demote you and your peers will probably find you weird and distasteful. Results may vary, you are warned. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? You know that Mo is here with us. Hey, everybody. The backtrack is, as you probably know, the episode where we take a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. And we realized, hey, it's mid to late June, school's letting out for the summer, yeah. and youngsters are going to start filling their next few weeks with warm weather activities. Not entirely unlike we did, but in this episode, we will remember how we we spent our summer months growing up as Generation X kids. And in many ways, this kind of dovetails in with a backtrack we did a few weeks back where we talked about Gen X childhood autonomy. Oh, sure. And kind of how we were on our own and how so independent we were. Mm-hmm. And our fourth listener email that I wanted to feature in this episode is from fourth listener, Ted, who wrote in and the subject line of his email was Gen X childhood autonomy. From wow, that. What, what coincidence. We did. How coincidental. <laughs> who would
1: have thought? How odd that John would have accidentally yeah. picked an <laughs> email with that subject. It's almost like he planned it. No,
0: no. Totally random. <laughs> so Ted writes in and says, I have to believe this episode is going to generate tremendous response. It certainly brought back memories for me. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it has started to have quite a few emails come in, Ted. You are right. He says, I was raised in a Canadian Air Force family. We moved from base to base across the country, sometimes living on post, other times living in rented accommodations off post, but Nearby, The common theme throughout was that my parents expected me and my siblings to very quickly find new friends and entertain ourselves
2: after school and on the weekends. That must be tough to jump, move around that much as a yeah, kid. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I, I didn't jump around that much. I moved maybe three times as a kid, mm-hmm. but you know, he's bouncing from spot to spot. That's gotta be rough. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, my father was a senior officer and my mother was a homemaker and their social duties on weekends meant that I had a lot of time to myself complete with free range of our neighborhood. <laughs> cool. That's a common thread i hear from gen xers especially people for whom that episode resonated who said yep i was free range as well running around Uh, he says as a young boy my curfew on weekdays was home in time for dinner (laughs) and on weekends at dusk (laughs) yeah i have fond memories of me and my friends Hopping on our bikes, complete with fishing poles and backpacks, riding around the end of the runway on the far side to fish the creeks which bordered on the airbase, or policing up the empty bottles left over from the beer league baseball game, <laughs> or exploring the abandoned quarry, probably left over from when the airbase was built, and its multiple wrecked cars, appliances, and excavation machinery. Oh, that geez. sounds like
1: a lot of fun. Along with a stranger things portal at the bottom, apparently. Dead to the body <laughs> right. like just like tetanus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the quarry is like there's there's a vortex. (laughs) He says, the freedom to roam, to explore and generally make decisions on our own, pay dividends later, preparing us to enter adulthood with a mindset of problem solving, one which seems to be missing in our own children. Yeah. Yeah. And we we touched on a lot of that. And Ted had a little bit longer email. He mentioned that we really touched on how it changed so much with media coverage of statistically insignificant events that were blown into. Hey, Mm -hmm. the boogeyman is out there everywhere. But yeah, he wraps it up by saying, keep up the good work, love the pod. Cheers, Ted. Oh, wow. Nice. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Ted, cheers. Love that you love the pod. Thank you so much. We appreciate that you took the time to write in. We love it every time the fourth listener uh, writes into the show. Let us know what we're doing right or wrong. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's so easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most of them like Ted's eventually make the show sometimes when it appropriately fits with the theme of the <laughs> next backtrack. <laughs> you never can all All right. With that good business behind us, we're gonna jump into talking about summertime activities as a Gen Xer. Stick around.
2: What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access. Be sure to subscribe
0: to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know.
3: When well, you've got a real hot stomach thirst, which I see you think of first. Clearly yeah. nasty, dry thirst. Remember. Clearly nasty, heat wave, cold wave. We nesting. crave nasty, hot rays.
0: It's definitely summertime. If you live in Florida like we do, it's starting to get into the hundreds sometimes, Fahrenheit (laughs) in the afternoons, hot as hell. And when I walk out, you open that front door to the blast furnace like you're walking into a cookie (laughs) oven, you know, it's so hot. It just reminds me of now I just run from the house to the car and try to stay cool. But it used to be when we were kids growing up, man, school was out. It's summertime. Mm -hmm. We just talked about how during school we were latchkey kids and that kind of thing. But summertime as a kid, growing up as a Gen Xer, so many things we can talk about, but ultimately we're going to talk about how it's changed so much between then and now dramatically.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, just again, talking about latch key, but at least during school, they had you know six hours where they knew where we were <laughs> we didn't have to fill up the time. Right. <laughs> now we have to fill up an entire day because <laughs> mm-hmm. my parents still worked. You know, it was like their schedules changed because it was summer. I don't
1: mm-hmm. think it was hard for us to fill up the entire day. I think that was pretty easy for us. It was <laughs> the parents, maybe some worry or a little bit more worry, especially if what were you were doing? like me and yeah, we right. get in trouble occasionally or all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, generally you tell
0: your parents, I'm going to go out and play with my friends and you know yeah. what do they envision it's like oh you're gonna get on your bikes you're gonna ride around the block mm-hmm. you're gonna play mousetrap well no we got on our bikes and we rode 20 miles down the road and we went <laughs> to the abandoned quarry like ted did and we screwed <laughs> around and climbed through barbed wire and you know, yeah. found a dead cow to poke with a stick whatever you could do <laughs>
2: went to the upside down yeah, you know, all that
0: stuff right now, maybe not so much in in manhattan did you find the dead cow but i know we did no. you know yeah and pretty we rare. were doing stuff that our parents never expected us to be doing and would probably lose their shit if they knew we were doing all
1: that stuff yeah yeah i mean my parents would oftentimes come home to a new pet in the house. Oh, wow. like, this dog <laughs> followed us home or this cat followed me home. I, I was just a magnet for wild animals, apparently. <laughs> Can I keep it? Uh-huh. Every time. Does it ever work? Sometimes. Yeah, okay. I got a couple oh, of yeah. good pets out of it. Ooh. Yeah, I got okay. Fluffy oh. who lived for like 12 more years. Oh, wow. It wow. was a full grown mean ass cat when I found her uh, <laughs> or she followed me home, whichever is the case. And uh, got a pit bull mix named Tiger that... Well, yeah, he kind of almost killed the neighbor dogs, though. Okay. Yeah. I'll let that one go. (laughs) So not a great pet, but he got a pet out of it. He was great for me. He never bit me. It was the other animals.
0: Everybody else. (laughs) The first notable thing when you get into summertime, especially if you're your school age is no school. Now I enjoyed school, but there's that weird shift where usually at the end of the summer, I'm looking forward to going back to seeing people and whatever. Mm -hmm. But the desire to go back to school is nothing compared to the burning desire to get out of school. Mm -hmm. It's getting, you know, late, May, early June. It's almost done. And you, you guys were both good students. Georgia went to a private school. Did you have the same experience of, even though you liked school or I'm assuming you liked school or didn't hate it, how, what was that, what was that like knowing it's about to be all my time again and not shared with school? I,
1: I think when I was younger, I definitely had that sense. Mm-hmm. But remember, I started working at my family's grocery store oh, very yeah. young. So yeah all summer meant to me after about like 11 or 12 was more hours at the store. Oh, Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was kind of a win lose situation. Like I, I did enjoy a lot of stuff in school, the different sports activities I was involved Mm -hmm. in and the groups of friends and whatnot. But yeah, I think especially 14, 15, 16, as I got into that more mature, I want to be an adult kind of stage of childhood Mm. out of school. Didn't mean as much, but younger, like, you know, first grade second grade up mm-hmm. to like fifth or sixth or seventh grade oh yeah mm-hmm. it was a big deal yeah <laughs> in
0: many cases you had to trade school with more work oh no yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about you mo
2: yeah i mean for elementary school i actually did go to a private school which was not in my neighborhood so okay. it was definitely an interesting transition because i had totally different friends between one and the other so looking forward to schools out especially up in new york because one is like you definitely have the season changes so you start feeling that okay it's getting warm days mm-hmm. and it's getting that time it's getting closer and closer but then it was like summer would come and I'd have to almost like reacquaint myself to my neighborhood friends again you know because I hadn't <laughs> seen them most of the school year because you know there's either hang out with a friends from school or doing schoolwork or doing after school activities and that kind of stuff. But um, always that to George, where he said like elementary school, I think the longest day was like that last day for school let out. I mean, Mm. that day just lasted (laughs) freaking forever. And you're not
0: doing schoolwork. They're just busy work because you can't start anything. Yeah. And now color this and now let's play a game. Just let us go home. Come on. (laughs) We've mentally
1: checked out already. I didn't feel this way in high school, but that first part of um, Dazed and Confused where the kids are on their last day and it's They're just milling about in the hallway and going Mm -hmm. from classroom to classroom. And then the younger kids in the middle school, when the high schoolers go over there to threaten them with whipping them with paddles and stuff, they're just staring (laughs) at the clock. And that little second hand is just taking away, (laughs) and taking away. And you're like, damn it. And
0: you touched on this a little bit, Mo. You were talking about how maybe the summer group of friends you had wasn't necessarily the same as the school group of friends Mm -hmm.
2: that you had. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it was just two different. My school was a distance away from my house house. So when I, I came home, it was like, you know, it was- kind of playing again with the kids in my building you know was mm-hmm. you know again I hadn't seen them for a while right yeah how was it with you you know I lived in the woods and so <laughs> I just had my
0: school friends or no friends because there was nobody <laughs> lived close enough around had the
2: chipmunk me. that lived in the, in <laughs> the yeah <tree>. yeah
0: <laughs> you yeah. just had a couple of friends I had my buddy that lived across the street in the underground house but it wasn't so much a different group it was a much smaller group mm. for me and George you were private school the whole time what was your experience with like how the, the friend group changed
1: it was definitely uh, there was a split so when mm-hmm. I was in school you know there were was going to school and hanging out with those people. And then when I would get home, there was a group of friends, you know, like we talked about in childhood autonomy Mm -hmm. episode that I would Mm -hmm. hang out with in the neighborhood. That split just got uh, wider during summertime because then the school friends Mm kind of went away Mm -hmm. for the most part. I didn't really hang out at all with any of the school friends really? during the summer. I, I only hung out with the neighborhood friends. Even ones who were really tight within school, it just yeah, because didn't, didn't it translate. Was, yeah. You know, there's a whole... There's the transport issue. We lived all sure. over in different places in town and whatnot. You know, I know that some people... The school district that they live in, you know, all the kids in that little neighborhood go to the same school. But because I went to private school, I didn't go to the school that all the kids in my neighborhood went to. Mm -hmm. So the kids that I went to school with, they lived in different disparate neighborhoods all over the city. So unless our parents were willing to drive us around, which during the day they were working, so they weren't really willing to drive us around. So I just would lose touch. It's not like we had cell phones or Xboxes or anything like that to stay in touch like we do now.
0: And nobody's called an Uber. Uber to drive me across town to (laughs) hang out with his nerd, right?
1: So, yeah, I definitely had my neighborhood friends were my summer friends. That was pretty much locked up tight. That was it. I think it it was a part of that transition period that you talked about, going from school to no school. And I liked it because the stuff that I would do with my school friends during the year and learn and develop and grow, then me and my neighborhood friends would do all that kind of stuff after school or during summer. And so it was Hmm. almost like we were teaching each other what we learned at the different places, you know, when we would come back home. And I thought that was kind of fun. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Well, now you're out of school and you can choose those activities and you have these summer friends that you hang out with that may or may not overlap. Uh, Something else that was opened up by summer was the options are broader to you because it's not just going out to play between school and when the sun, down you have a lot more option of where you can go and play you have lots of daylight you have a lot of mm-hmm. time and activities mm-hmm. so the places you choose to go and we're going to get into later what kind of toys and games and things we did do but let's talk a little bit about how it opens up the spectrum that's available to you as a kid the palette of things you can go and where <laughs> you can go to do
1: yeah i mean i can't speak i know Moo grew up in the city so may have been the same kind of areas for him but for me we could adventure out further. So the stand by me kind of scenario where (laughs) during the school year, you couldn't be away for very long. Like you said, you just had a small window of time for freedom, but during the summer we could go miles and we did. And Mm -hmm. thank God to this day, my parents never found out because my mother (laughs) especially would have had a heart attack. Had she known that we (laughs) would ride our bikes for miles down like five or six miles down to the local mall, just to, like, do it. Like, we didn't even go in the mall most
2: of the time. It was just
1: riding the bike to get there.
2: Just to do it. Yeah.
0: It's like, look at me. I'm at the mall and nobody brought me here. I did yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. It's me. I'm <laughs> mobile. I'm independent. Look what I am at the freaking mall. I get any money. I can't do anything at the mall,
1: but I'm here. <laughs> but I'm here. The best part of choosing where to play and have fun that day was the spontaneity of it. You get up in the morning, you know, and your parents would be gone because you slept a little late usually during the summer. Oh, hell yeah. Right. (laughs) You get up, all your friends seem to wake up at the same time in your neighborhood and you'd all meet outside in front of somebody's house, you know, as a little group and decide what you were going to do. And sometimes it would be, let's go hang out at so-and-so's house because he's got all the Star Wars figures or let's go hang out at so-and-so's place because Mm -hmm. he's got this cool new race car set, something like that. But very occasionally during the summer, it was, hey guys, I heard that there's a dead body at the end of the train tracks. Let's go check it out.
2: Yeah, I have to say the thing that I still remember about summers is it seemed like the days just lasted so long. Mm. You know, I remember when I was in school, you know, you get on like five, six is dark, you know, in the summer it's like seven 38 and it's still light outside. And since, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I was in elementary school, that was still like, I had to be upstairs kind of with the streetlights, but the streetlights came out so much later. <laughs> that, right. That it just felt like I had all this time. And I also remember that you said like getting up early for me is like, you get up early or you, whenever you get up, you know, sometimes you go down there and it's just a couple friends and that would kind of determine your activities. And sometimes you kind of poke your head out the door, like a gopher,
0: like anybody out yet? Anybody yep, out yet? Anybody right. in the street? Everybody <laughs> yeah. Anybody yeah. around yet? Yeah.
2: You, know, you see one kid with a basketball, you're like, oh, he looks he's by himself. I don't want to be out there. But then- <laughs> <you know. laughs> I don't want to be the other kid. <laughs> right, right. And where I grew up, like I said, I grew up in New York with a part, like three apartment buildings right next to each other. And so you know to have like a dozen kids my age around was not unusual. Hmm. And that just opened up just tons of fun and problematic things that we could do.
0: And part of that probably was- just the perception because, as I said, it wasn't like it's from 4 p.m. to 6 before the dark game of <laughs> the lights came on. You could start at 7, 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, however late you slept. So you had, it was noon or 1 before you actually were like, huh, what time is it? Oh, it's only 1 or 2. Great. We still have a whole day left. Right. We were talking about the location, the places you would choose to go. And I didn't even have a mall within five miles to bike to. <laughs> but biking, the bike was definitely the mode of transportation, you know, kind of growing up in an area where there's a lot of dirt and gravel roads and you know, shell rock and stuff. And we would just pick one and just go because we're like, well, I know this guy lives down here and this guy lives down here. I don't know what's further down here. Let's go and see mm-hmm. and just roam and find out what was out there. Sometimes you'd end up somewhere that was something to do. Here's a tree to climb. Here's a, hmm.
2: I don't know. Here's, Here's a, a dead cow to poke, apparently. Yeah, a, a cow to poke, clearly. A <laughs> bees, a hornet's nest to p- throw or a ranch ranch at or whatever. It, right. Yeah, let's, let's poke a hornet's nest. <laughs> what could go yeah. wrong?
0: <laughs> right, right. It, was, it, it always went great, I assure you. But sometimes it was just, let's go there we're here how much you want to go any further now let's turn around and go back maybe we're gonna go get a Capri Sun or something and we'll we'll touch base and see what else to do mm-hmm. uh, it, it made it really easy and I didn't really care nobody really made me go and play it was just I didn't want to be in the house because right. I wanted to get out and do something because my friends were out there not again not a lot of them left in the woods but we had some yeah
1: now that you mention it uh, you mentioned Capri Sun that brought me back you know food did play a big factor in where yep. I was going because yep. if somebody had oh, yeah, Kool-Aid yeah. and cookies that's yep. where I was at <laughs> And
0: cookies. if you really plan for it, you packed something, right? Oh, we're oh, going to no. be gone for a few hours. Oh, you didn't pack? Oh, no. oh I, no, we were. No, no, no. I, I no. was oh. a thief.
1: I would steal and eat wherever I could find it. No, I didn't pack nothing. I, w-
0: I would pack it from someone else's house. I'm just saying. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you got cookies? Not anymore. Let's go.
2: Yeah. I'm going to take a couple of extra chip toys. Don't worry about it. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Roll them up in my sock.
1: <laughs> I'm Alison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.
0: You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Nerf football, rah, rah, rah. You can watch it go. Nerf football, rah, rah, rah. Easy to catch and throw. You can go for the
4: long bomb. But then retrieve. It's easy to grip when you pass or receive. Nerf football, rah, rah. Football from Parker Brothers.
1: It's one thing to talk about the places that we went and explored and played, but it's another thing to talk about the things that we played with. Mm. And toys Mm. and games and those kinds of experiences were just the biggest part of the summer for me. I think the thing that I enjoyed the most, especially when I was younger, like sub 14, was playing baseball, but not the way that I had to play it during the rest of the time, because I always had to play baseball in an organized, coached event. You know, we were mm-hmm. on AU traveling teams and going to tournaments and playing for the school or whatever. But okay. Sandlot style baseball, where it's you and. You may not even have enough for a whole team. You may just have like six kids. So there's a kid who plays left center and there's a kid who plays right center and another kid who plays short and third base, you know, or something like that to me was just so much fun. And that movie Sandlot Mm -hmm. really absolutely captured what I experienced growing up as a child. Now I know that movie is set a few years ahead of my childhood, but it's still the same experience at that point in the mid to late seventies of just, a group of kids who maybe there's seven kids and five baseball gloves, a bat and a couple of balls and you just get out there and have some fun. I, mm-hmm. I think that was one of my favorite childhood toy game scenarios during the summer.
2: Cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It, it, it often like you
1: wouldn't even have a pitcher. You're just like, I'm going to throw it up in the air and smack right. it right? because <laughs>
0: that's all I have. And it's maybe yeah. not even might not even be a bat. It just might be a stick or a pine yeah. cone. Who knows?
1: It's what did you bring <laughs> that time? And the best part of Sandlot style baseball that was probably also used in kickball and a few other base oriented sports Mm -hmm. ghost runner do you guys ever have ghost runners (laughs) no what's that oh that's awesome so you don't have enough kids to play Mm -hmm. right because like i said you got maybe five to eight kids or something like that well a kid gets a hit he lands on first base well he's got to go back and hit again because there's nobody left to hit (laughs) so you say ghost runner on first and you run back to home plate and you hit and now that ghost runner he just has to advance
4: Oh, Ghost I see. wise okay. You are <laughs> ah,
0: Seems like there was always, I, I don't know that I ever owned, but for some reason there was always a proliferation of Nerf equipment mm. whenever I was outside playing. <laughs> some of it, for some reason, always had a
1: freaking bite out of it, but there was a lot of Nerf <laughs> <laughs> equipment. Yeah, because the neighborhood dogs would always get a hold of that big orange ball. No, it was a human bite. Everybody I knew <laughs> had like <laughs> I a don't Nerf
0: football Was some dumb kid went, and just, let me see if I could bite it. But the cool thing about them was like off once you did bite them <laughs> they were they were busted you could soak them with water and oh, they're yeah. really mm. heavy and you could beat yep. somebody with them but whether it was a, a, a football or a nerf dart or a nerf it was, it was, it was a nerf everywhere because they, i guess they thought we wouldn't get hurt but little did they know we would you know yeah. put rocks and oh, we them find ways yeah. So, yeah oh yeah oh yeah no, we had the we're uh
2: creative the Nerf footballs were super popular. Nerf footballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the really the rest of it so much. but it, And of course, I mean, you had to get a color that nobody else had because you had to tell yours apart from everybody right. else's. <laughs> and it's weird because we'd have like three. And it's, for some reason, somebody's was better than everybody else. <laughs> I, they were all exactly the same. But for some reason, oh, he had a blue well, and white one. That's better. There's
1: always that tough chore of trying to throw a spiral with it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was mm-hmm. always hard because it wasn't like a real football, no, it, no. it had this weird. Right. That's why later on, when my kids were growing up, they had the Nerf ball with the like the arrow sticking out of the back of it with oh, the right. feathers or oh, whatever yeah, for stabilizer. Yeah, so. because the regular <laughs> Nerf football, you couldn't throw that thing more than ten yards before it'd start flipping over, end over end. <laughs> Mo,
0: maybe that's why the bites were taken out of it. You could check the dental records and see <laughs> who <laughs> <moves> it <laughs> is. That's probably what it's about. <laughs> Sometimes I didn't even have. I had props to play toys in games. But I played a lot of reenacting my favorite TV shows when I was out running around oh, really? and playing. Hmm. Yeah. I had a greatest American Hero shirt that was just ah. a shirt. The white t-shirt that I drew the Greatest American Hero emblem <laughs> on. It wasn't even a real shirt. And, and so I would borrow like a, a, a button-up shirt from my dad to be able to cover it up. And then I would, ha, the greatest American hero, which consisted of you running around like you're about to fall because you're playing like you can't fly well, right? Right. <laughs> Wait, that fits,
2: right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I had some old jeans that I'd cut up and Shredded. Uh, pretend I was Luke Ferrigno for The Incredible Hulk, but I had just transformed my shirt. My pants were all torn up and shredded, and I was running around going and throwing rocks and stuff. <laughs> it didn't even, the only prop I had was costuming that I used. <laughs> <laughs> and imagination. And my buddy would be Bill Maxwell or somebody who's helping out the greatest American hero <laughs> <laughs> You
2: play the assistant. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. damn
0: it. I want to be the Hulk.
2: No, no, yeah. not today. No, no, no. Sorry. You can be Bruce Banner. <laughs> I, to, I never owned, but I used my friends whenever I had was a big wheel yep mm-hmm. I never I was never purchased a big wheel but a lot of my friends had them which was fun but did you mm-hmm. guys like experience the whole big wheel thing oh do I have a big wheel story oh god <laughs> 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 well take it away because I never had a big wheel but I I, I rode them when
0: I could but right. it, where we lived it was grass and dirt and stuff so it, didn't, it was no good so
1: big wheel was kind of the first stepping stone that ended up at dirt bikes right so it was big wheel then it was a bicycle <laughs> with training wheels later on and then it graduated into dirt bikes and that's what You were super cool in your neighborhood. So it was a gateway ride? It was a gateway ride. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, when I first got my first big wheel, the best thing to do with a big wheel when you're a little kid is to pedal super fast and spin out. Oh, right. Yep. right. They do it with commercial. Of course. They do that right? all the time. To try and lock the brakes up and spin it around. Right. Yeah. It was on the commercial. Didn't it have a handbrake anyway? They had yeah. a handbrake. Right? Mine didn't have a handbrake. Oh, I didn't? don't know if okay. others did. Mine I was just they did. you'd lock your feet on the big wheel oh. itself with the pedals. Maybe it was and the green would, machine that had the handbrakes. Anyway. Green so. machine. Yeah, that might be. Uh, so, we were playing and we were doing all these spins and you'd find the little soft patches of sand and dirt on your road to make the spins go (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the way around 360. But then we graduated from that into like, uh, trying to ride two people on the big wheel. And (laughs) the way you would do it is one person would be sitting in the seat pedaling and the other person would stand with their feet on the the crossbars in the back and hold onto Mm -hmm. the shoulders of the person driving. It was so much fun as a kid. It was like two people riding the big wheel at the same time. Well, one time I was the kid on the back riding second seat and I don't know why, but I had, I was dragging my feet behind me for some reason or one of my feet. I totally appreciated hmm, that. (laughs) And my big toenail just ripped off. Oh, thing completely ripped off. It was one of the first real injuries I have as a child memory thing and I remember, you know, like hobbling in, screaming, "Ah!" (laughs) And I don't, remember the pain so i don't remember if it really hurt but i just remember being totally it freaked hurt. out by no, it totally hurt no nail and just this blood and red Ugh. yeah uh big wheel injury yeah that was my <laughs> that was my big wheel story for sure uh, <laughs>
0: you know what they didn't outlaw big wheels one of the things i played with a lot was they were called i think they were called jarts but the, the jarts. lawn darts the those lawn metal darts. Lawn darts oh my those, those metal real, darts
2: do people actually play with those Hell yes, place. of course. It just
1: it just seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen. We were trying to kill each other with those things. <laughs>
0: The, the problem is so it's a fun game if you play the game properly so it's this, <laughs> this plastic tube that you make a circle out of and lay it on the ground and you have a red one and a yellow one on opposite mine were red and yellow they're different colors and then you had like three yellow and three red darts now these were darts that are like a foot long <laughs> and they weigh about two pounds <laughs> and they look effectively like a giant dart it's not pointy on the end it's blunt but eh, it's a pipe it was, it's a pipe was, right it was pointy enough it was pointy enough to go into the ground wasn't it yeah so the object was you stand like 15-20 feet apart and you lob this thing. Lob, I'm saying. You're supposed to lob this thing in the direction of the little loop, and if you get it in the loop, it's something. If you get it next to the loop, it's something or whatever. Oh, so it's like
2: cornhole, no, it was like
0: cornhole,
1: kind of. No, it was horseshoes. It was the next iteration of it horseshoes.
0: It was just
2: horseshoes. That's all it was. With projectiles. Yeah.
1: But I always didn't understand that lobbing rule because nowhere that I can ever remember did anybody say how high you had to lob it for it to be a legitimate <laughs> shot because you could just throw it straight at the circle and hit that, it every like, time here's the problem
0: is the reason that the lawsuits happened and they canceled jarts is because <laughs> what I would do because this is the sport you know we played the game three times yawn now I have these toys what do we do you chuck this fucker straight up in the air and run <laughs> so it doesn't come down and tap you and then bean right so and of course apparently it happened to people that they actually sure. got clocked in the head with this flying two pound dart from on high. <laughs> but I had him. Oh, look, it never hit me, <laughs> never hit anybody I knew. <laughs> it was fun to throw in the air and you lose it in the sun. You're like, oh, no, just run in some direction.
1: It's <laughs> like, that, like that scene from Grown Ups where they're playing arrow roulette and they have to keep their foot in a circle. Or right, yeah, they shoot yeah, the yeah, yeah. Arrow. Oh, I lost it in the sun. <laughs> Next yep. thing you know, Rob Schneider's going to the hospital.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I grew up in a city. One thing that was big for us was like basketball. Mm. If you were sure. everyone was oh, yeah. near a park or a school that had a basketball court, you know, had, had a hoops of some sort. You lucky but dog. I think it was that I was really bad at it. I, I was never mm. getting good at it. Now, my brother was excellent at it. He played all the time. But yeah, that was like a huge, huge organ, like a little bit more group kind mm-hmm. of activity thing that we used to do do you guys have anything similar to that uh, george probably played like appropriate real natural correct basketball i did well,
0: <laughs> i played a variation
1: <laughs> no we um so w- we did have like one of those uh one of the very first portable hoop type of stand things oh, right. it was no. Standee. The, yeah. yeah yeah but it was at the end of the road remember we lived on a dead end road i talked mm-hmm. about before and so it was kind of the neighborhood hoop we only had one but we would just play like half court basketball mm-hmm. on sure. that hoop.
0: It's closer to basketball than what I had. Yeah, what's the variation? <laughs> well, I had an interest in basketball and I was I was tall and so, you know, my dad was like, "Oh, he likes basketball. Let's help him out." And so My dad built me out on this two and a half acres where we lived a bootleg ghetto basketball court where (laughs) he poured some concrete, maybe 15 foot by 15 foot, but it didn't have a great footing. And He put up a post, had a basketball backboard and net Mm -hmm. up there. But after you've been playing on it for one summer or so, it has the thing where like the, the edges of it are crumbling and it looks like La Brea tar pits and it's crumbling into the sand and there's all cracked and crooked. It's, you can't run across it. You're going to fall and bust your ass. So we pretty much, there were different cracks and holes in it. And that's where we stood to play horse. So pretty much all yeah. we played after the first season was just playing horse because it wasn't that big and it was pretty dangerous to run on. But I had
1: a basketball court, kind of, sort of. So, Mo, I'm going to tell you a little story about John and basketball. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, John and I knew each other early on, like, 91, I think it was, right, John? Sounds about right, yeah. Yep. And we lived in an apartment complex that was not too far from campus. I've heard about
2: this apartment complex. At the
1: end of the road that our apartment complex was on was a high school. And that high school had basketball courts, outdoor courts. And John and I went down and played on those outdoor courts one time, some pickup Mm -hmm. games. I don't even remember how I found out about it or whatever. So John and I have been friends for a long time. So I hope he doesn't cancel our friendship for this. But (laughs) that man cannot play sports at all. He is the most unathletic <laughs> guy and he's a big guy. So everybody looks at him and is like, oh, he's going to be great at football and he's tall. He's going to be great at basketball. He is the reason why his <laughs> own court that his father poured cracked up because I've watched <laughs> him run playing basketball and it is like his favorite Bigfoot animal. Just stomp, 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 <laughs> throw the basketball as hard as he can at the backboard. <laughs> He's almost like he's playing mad all the time. It was so much fun to watch him play. I'm, I'm
0: glad he gave you some entertainment. I went to humor you because you wanted to play basketball, so damn bad.
1: <laughs> you did humor me. I'll say that much.
0: <laughs> Still, decades later,
2: you're humored. I'm so happy for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. So when I hit like junior high school, one thing that was really popular was Frisbees. Really? Oh, yeah. Especially in my neighborhood, you do like Frisbee football or just if there's only like three of you, you just throw it. Um, It's really interesting. We have high winds because you have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. It's well before
0: Frisbee golf became a thing, which was decades later.
2: So you were just it was your ball. It sounds yeah, like. essentially.
1: Yeah. And what's that other one where it's like football and Frisbee? Combined Ultimate Frisbee Frisbee, At high school
2: that's when I started playing Ultimate Frisbee But yeah before Hmm. that I was just like you know, see how far you could throw it. Make the other guy run, and that was really the main goal yeah, think, of the yeah. game. Just
0: get good at throwing it straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 typically, and then a couple of us, George and I, in Florida, a big popular thing was it was hot as hell, and a way to cool off. And so there were some games we would play. Water pistols were very popular mm, with my yeah. crowd. This is really before you had the giant. It yeah, was like the super soaker,
2: right? Pump up things. Yeah. It was
0: just water guns that you would throw they were up. kind of cheap. Right. They didn't
2: always work that well either, did they? Yeah. Not great. No, but they fun. They were fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. I
1: think uh, for me, the water-based toy that we played with quite a bit was just water balloons. We just, you know, somebody sure. would go to oh, the yeah. grocery store with their parent and buy the 99 cents bag full of different <laughs> size balloons, right? And you just spend all morning at your sink or at your hose outside filling them up. <laughs> and as soon as your friends came outside just pop pop, pop 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 just start nailing them and running away laughing maniacally it was so much fun yeah the laugh is required it just had an image
0: of look if your house was the one where you played water balloons you go and look at the spigot on the side of the house, and it has a rainbow of 50 right. necks of balloons <laughs> that have ruptured trying to fill them. Yep. And, like, you can't even get a hose on it anymore. It's just, there are all
1: these rubber bands around it that oh, here's one that's right, and you pull it off. <laughs> yep. It was so hard to tell too, because like I said, those variety packs of balloons that came in so many different sizes, you were Inconsistent. Kid. Right. Right. So <laughs> you weren't sure if you were going to fill it up too much and it pop, or if you weren't going to fill it up enough, and then it wouldn't mm-hmm. explode when you hit somebody but I loved love to this day I still love water balloons and I don't see anybody throwing them at each other anymore maybe that's a new YouTube channel we need to do just Chucking water balloons Chucking at passersby's balloon. like in the mall or something. I don't know. <laughs> in super slow motion.
0: <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: The water gun <laughs> your hair, perfect. Yeah. It's, it's funny because yeah. we, I mean, we did water balloons in the city, but it was had to be a lot more. You had to think ahead because you had to be in your apartment to fill them up because there weren't spigots outside anywhere. Oh you really? Get to. Oh yeah. okay. But there was a oh. trick that we learned how to fill them up in the streets. Is that you take a bottle, like because the glass Coke bottles, okay. fill oh. them up with water from like the fire hydrant. You put the balloon over it. You turn it upside down and it was enough pressure to fill the balloon. Oh, so okay. that's how you able to do it like oh. in the street. Necessity is the mother of invention. I tell you. And after a while though, you know, you'd run out and then it's like, yeah, okay. And then also if you're up like I live on the 8th floor, you fill a water balloon Live on the eighth floor. You got to drop it. The is pretty easy. You're probably going <laughs> to chuck it at somebody
1: on the floor. You're not going to make it back downstairs.
0: Yeah, I
2: mean, you, yeah, you can look out the window and be like, oh, this is just. I got to do one. And then you got to do another one. Yeah.
1: There goes Jeff. I got him. He's, wa- if he does not yeah. turn,
2: he's dead. Yeah. He's in my sights. And the trick was that to know you hit the person without your head sticking out the window so he knows it was you. Mm. <laughs> yep. Sniper. You're sniping. Yeah. Somebody's like at the edge of the window, kind of looking down, trying to see if, you know, oh, you missed. Like, oh, crap.
0: Mm. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, staying cool in the summer was a big part of it. I think uh, think we get back from this next break. Uh, Let's focus on those water sports, whether it's the pool or beach or anything like that. Stick around. We get back. We're going to dive into the deep end.
2: You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm gonna take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're gonna try to make sense of the world all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes.
0: Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com.
3: Okay, everybody, come outside. Everybody ready for a wild, wet ride? Slip, slip and slide. You can put it on your lawn, turn the water on. Then you run, 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 and you're sliding on your top. Slip, slip
2: and slide. Slip, slip and slide. It's a lot of fun to play, when the stray goes all the way. Slip, slip and slide. Slip and slide comes with plastic
0: slide and fasteners from wham now, I don't know if this is going to divide us because Mo didn't have immediate access to the beach and pools all that much. Maybe in Manhattan, we'll find out in a second. But certainly growing up in the South, uh, man, playing at the pool or going to the beach, and there was a whole subset of toys and games that you could play when you do that. And probably the simplest and most obvious, kind of related to playing with water balloons and uh, playing with your water pistols, and that was just the damn hose. You didn't have to have a slip and slide necessarily. We'll get to that in a second. Or the you know, crazy water weasel or... whatever just having a hose out in front of the house just spraying people or running in it or whatever that was fun i mean Mm -hmm.
1: a water hose was an essential part of summertime play for me i mean it Mm -hmm. wasn't just a tool to help you with other toys or activities it was also a toy itself i mean just getting Mm -hmm. a hose and putting your thumb over the end of the valve and spraying each other you know Mm -hmm. and i mean that was fun i mean even like because our houses were fairly close together in our little neighborhood, like if somebody had a long enough, like you would have little water hose fights. From house to house, <laughs> where multiple hoses. Yeah. we oh, bought.
0: Yeah. you didn't even have a hose outside, probably did you, Mo? Because you oh, said no. you'd have spigots out there. No. Oh, see, poor. No. I, see, I was. I, I was concerned that that Mo would miss out on some of that. Yep. Yeah, I missed out on the water hose thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yep.
1: he had a fire hydrant though. So yeah, we did. That's like a massive hose. We did a fire hydrant. Well, which
0: we did well, play well, with.
2: Well, I want to know. Well, that's a giant hose. I want to hear about the fire hydrant. Tell me. Tell us more. Okay, so playing with the fire hydrant is an amazing experience. Just so you know. So what you do is someone has to be able to turn it on, which is like, but it's amazing. We actually figured out how to do it with like a wire coat. Hanger. So you could just do it? I thought I, Wait, in
0: the whoa, movies whoa, whoa.
1: it's a benevolent fireman that comes by. Come on, kids. Have
0: no, fun. No, no, they're no. the ones
2: that come turn it off. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So we had to turn it on. But
1: how do you do it? You said a wire coat hanger. Yep. I imagine a big wrench to turn that valve. No, the
2: big nut at the top, you take the wire coat hanger. You take the top of the coat hanger that you wrap it around that top and you just keep pulling on it and it gets tight enough that you can actually get enough torque to turn it on.
0: Really? Yep. Wow. I figured you had a pipe wrench. I definitely nope. thought you had to oh, have a no, pipe no, no, no. wrench.
2: No had a pipe wrench. No. So what we would do is like one, I mean this is normal just running into the fire water and all this stuff. But the real fun came that you took a can and basically you... Take the bomb and you rub it on the cement, and eventually the bottom falls out. So you have a tube. Now okay. you use that tube to direct the fire hydrant I've water. I've seen
1: that oh. before.
2: Yeah, and that was like, that was a skill because that water comes out really strong. <laughs> <And> <laughs> you got to have a strong grip to hold on to the strong grip because you see cans flying all the way across the street,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: cars. beating somebody. Ping. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. a whole new game in and of itself. <laughs> right? Can bullets? Yeah, Let's do It was like one of those things that you know you're running, trying not to get wet, but you really want to get wet. You know, I mean, because it's freaking a million degrees outside. Isn't it pain? Painful, though I mean, that's a lot of pressure isn't it or no it probably was okay
3: <laughs> <laughs> We're kids it, We're it probably
2: was i don't you know i don't remember that part uh, i just remember it was a lot of fun and it was cool and then eventually the police or the fire department would come and turn it off And everyone's like, boo, and booing the guy. And (laughs) he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They drive off. Someone look. Is he gone? Yep. Somebody come out, turn it back on. (laughs) Turn it back on. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the whole fire hydrant experience.
0: I mentioned earlier you didn't necessarily have to have, but if you did have one of these cool water toys, and the one that is probably the most ubiquitous for kids our age is that slip and slide. The simplest thing, it's a tarp. That you screw a hose into, pretty much. Yeah. And you find a little incline, you plug the hose into it, and you got a
2: water park, basically. See, that was the thing that used to just kill me, seeing the commercials for that on TV. Because it looked like so much fun, but not something that's going to happen in the city.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't have an official slip and slide. And I think that's something that a lot of people from our generation can probably relate to as well. You may not have had the official thing, but if you could make it somehow, then you had the toy. And so we had just plastic tarps that we had gathered from different places. Like just somebody went camping last summer, so they had the tarp from that or somebody and you just get that trusty tool, the water hose, and you just lay it on that thing. And now the only Problem with the unofficial ones was water distribution. <laughs> <It> seems problematic <laughs> because the water wouldn't necessarily go everywhere over the tarp, and right, if you didn't slide in the right spot, <laughs> dry spot, dry spot, ouch! Yeah, it was, it was Tart just burn. like the slides we talked about in the playground episode, yeah.
2: where you get those burns all over you. But this time on your chest or belly. Oh my god! You know, it's funny. I was, my neighbors across the street from me—they have little kids—and they pulled out the slip and slide the other day. And oh yeah, oh, now, and and like, was, not yeah, when you today. Were, okay, and I was like. Wow, I was like, that's kind of cool that that stuck around this long.
0: Yeah. The biggest problem I had with the slip and slide, and I definitely had a few in my day, they don't usually last from summer to summer. Those are oh, disposable yeah, no, no. toys, by the way. Yeah, that was on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know. The first instruction in slip and slide that we always skipped to our detriment was <laughs> clear the area to ensure there are no rocks, sticks, or twigs. <laughs> yep. Oh, jeez. You didn't have time for that. You had to get sliding. I'm sure it's fine you put down the slip and slide you take a couple of passes and then you take that pass where there's a, a stick that's kind of poking up at the bottom like ah and it basically jabs you it almost stabs you oh my mm-hmm. god you hit a rock with your knee like it was fine the first three times but I went down backwards this time and I oh crap my kneecap you busted on, <laughs> on a rock because yeah you're right George I don't want to take the time I'm not doing goddamn lawn work I'm playing right. slip and slide <laughs> I'm not excavating for a foundation of a new building so
1: yeah yeah that's true that was problematic they never came with any kind of padding or anything like that to protect you it was just you got two millimeters of plastic and some water good luck (laughs) and more power to you What about, I, so John, I know you lived in the woods, Mo, you lived in the city. Either one of you get to go to the beach that often as a child, like maybe on a family vacation or anything, because we went to Panama City every mm-hmm. summer because it's an yeah. hour and a half drive from Tallahassee. And I think for me, especially as a very young child, I had a lot of fond memories of just those very simple beach toys, the pail and the shovel oh, right? Yes, and yep. building sandcastles with absolutely, it, or those little simple toys. You go right now. During the summer, they're at every Dollar Tree or Mm Dollar General or whatever, Walmart, they're in this little plastic netting bag, right? That's mm-hmm. got three or yep. four different shapes of pails and a shovel. And what the hell was the rake for? I was
2: never <laughs> going to use that rake for anything that, at the that, beach.
1: That's for grooming the moat <laughs>
2: <laughs> or for getting rid of the rocks before you put the slip and slide down. Right. <laughs> that's <laughs> for clearing <laughs> debris. I should have put those together.
0: Mo, did you get a chance to go to the beach much? Probably just on vacations, right? No, no, no. I mean,
2: well, when I was little, little, you know, my dad, we would, on the weekends, we would drive out to like Jones Beach or one of the beaches out in the island, but but, once I hit like junior high, my friends we would get on the subway and we'd go out to Rockaway or Coney Island. And- oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That was pretty common actually. <laughs> it was a kind of a lengthy subway ride, but you know, you're young. What do you care? Yeah. <laughs> you know, time has no meaning. What else are you
0: gonna do with your day?
2: Um, but we'd get up early, take the subway out there, spend the day there because you know it's too little a trip not to spend the day out there and just come home late. But yeah, no, we definitely had a lot of fun beach days.
0: Yeah, you know, people always thought, oh, you grew up in Florida, you must spend all the time at the beach. I'm like, well, first of all, not every place in Florida is next door mm-hmm. to the beach. It's yeah. only
1: the edges. <laughs> <laughs> Only the, that's right.
0: You look at the map. See, here's where the beach is, not where I'm at. But we definitely went. It was it wasn't a place you could go on your own. Like we were talking mm. about, you know, as kids running out there. It was, to your point, George, it was it was vacations or day trips or something we would take. And exactly like you, the anything you could get if we'd stop on the way at a TG and Y or something, they had some mm-hmm. of those, you know, pails <laughs> and stuff. I'm furious that they didn't have what they've got today. Like now some of the molds, they look like brick or they look like, oh, right. like right. a stone castle. And no curved mm-hmm. walls. I'm like, all I had was a damn bucket. That's all I had. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and a shovel. And a shovel.
0: It was enough that I had a great time, but how much cooler could it have been? Maybe it would have damaged my imagination that it pretend it looked like a wall. But yeah, I would build ridiculous things. And I, I had a vision I was going to make a giant sandcastle. But in reality, I once you get over there too tall, it just starts falling over. Right. So, yeah. but, but still had a lot of fun. <laughs> my biggest problem at the beach wasn't whether or not I could keep the sandcastle up or not. It was whether or not I got absolutely roasted before my mom made oh, put sunscreen. Yeah. I'll just say that, George, we've known each other since, what, <laughs> 90, 91? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think I think so. hope this doesn't ruin our friendship to say that. <laughs> I know where this is going. As unathletic as I am is how translucent pale white George <laughs> is. Not a friend of the sun by any imagination. Not so I can even imagine close. Sunburn was a major problem for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I am. I do have a sunburn story as well. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Mom had to go down to a conference uh during my summer break in Orlando of all places. Okay. In your yep. neck of the woods, John. Yeah. And you remember a water park there called Wet n Wild. Wet and Wild, assuming, absolutely. Right? International Drive. Yep. That's right. And uh she used Wet n Wild as a babysitter during her conference. So she bought me a ticket, a good- left me there all day, and I was <laughs> I want to say it was 13, 12, 13, something like that. And when she picked him up, he was on fire. I was pretty close (laughs) to it. Yeah. Uh, They had a volleyball area, like a fake sand beach and a volleyball Mm -hmm. net. And there were some really cute girls Uh there that day. I went out there with no sunscreen. (laughs)
2: oh my and god my
1: pasty white skin <laughs> and uh you oh. know you don't notice it when it's happening no of
2: course not until
1: much later when you're like oh my god i want to die <laughs> it's when you can't put your arms down that you realize right. oh no <laughs> so i got burns i don't know what degree you know every the first degree <laughs> it was 12th scale. degree <laughs> i don't know but my burns were so how high bad, does it go <laughs> on my shoulders and back, that the next day when we were driving back to Tallahassee after mm-hmm. our conference, I had these yellow blisters oh, all yeah. over my shoulders and back Ooh. that would pop and yellow pus were pouring out i couldn't oh, lean oh. back against the seat on the whole yep. drive like four and a half hours, five hours whatever that, it was that's a good burn yeah and so now my <laughs> shoulders and yeah. arms and back are just completely covered in freckles from that burn yeah i think that's second degree when it starts it? B- 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 bubbling up
0: yeah I think it was so. nasty that's for sure holy yeah. cow although peeling is so much fun when it's all gone and you, yeah once you can the, peel because, skin that's great but fun. you gotta
1: wait a little while because if you peel it too early it's a little painful you have to wait until it's ready yeah. to come yeah,
2: you wait till it dies down. Give it a few days. There's yeah, a science yeah. to it. <laughs> See, I, I feel like I've been blessed with some pigment. So. That's right. snow is <laughs> so, not translucent. Yeah, so I didn't have as many, you know, I didn't get sunburned nearly as bad as, I mean, I've had a lot of friends, though, and just like, I felt so bad for them because mm. I'm like, yeah. oh. It's a
1: rough way to grow up as a child when you want to play out in the summer to have this pasty white Irish, <laughs> whatever skin tone I have.
2: Well, one thing I would bring up So living in the cities that we had a little different was that community pools were big. Sure. So oh, there was yeah. one right down the street for me oh, good. and there were like a quarter to get in or something like that mm-hmm. or the Y had one the, the problem was that when the really hot days you could barely see the water there was so many so many people in it, oh. <laughs> and they over chlorinated that crap because obviously because there's so many people I'm surprised <laughs> it bleach everybody right <laughs> as right.
0: everybody's peeing bank on it right. I'm sure I guaranteed <laughs> it but
2: it didn't stop us especially when you're a little kid and you don't think about it yeah
0: you know, I, I, much of my childhood I had a uh, we lived in a trailer park and mm-hmm. we talked Talked about it before the mm-hmm. we talked about the playground at the trailer park that we'd have a great time at and right next to the playground was a pool that we'd have to pay to go into at all because as residents there of the park, I could be in that all day long. And some days I spent all day in that pool because it was either play at the playground, get dirty, go jump in the pool. Cause Oh, don't shower. Just jump right in the pool. You'll get clean. <laughs> you cool. know, I spent all my time there and we would either just screw around to do nothing or we would ad hoc and create games in the pool no. that you could play. Well, if you had more than two or three people there, you could play games in the pool. Oh, oh yeah. Sure.
1: We would play that, uh, fighting chicken game where you put oh, somebody chicken. on your shoulder. Oh, yes. Uh,
2: Yep. What's that called?
1: I, I don't know. We just beat the shit out of each other, and uh, it was like so many shoulders,
2: and you're trying to push. Yeah, piggyback fight, chicken <laughs> like fight, whatever it's called. Yeah, I don't know. a kind of um, listeners, yeah. please write us and tell us the name of that yeah. game. What's the official name of that game?
1: But we didn't have a community pool. I was going to say you guys oh, had no? them, but in Tallahassee, I never knew about a community pool. Now we had a neighbor in the neighborhood who had a pool.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that the de facto community? <laughs> and
1: as long as we would ask permission, we could go and swim in it because mm-hmm. they had two or three kids. And there was oh, okay. five or six of us. But that was the closest I ever got. I, I kind of wanted to experience a community pool as I got older, just mm-hmm. never got to see one. Yeah, it's, there's something about having a pool that's
0: accessible to you all the time. It's it's better than having your own pool. Like I have a house <laughs> that has a pool, but you got to pay for upkeep and you got to clean mm. it and there's crap in it and frogs get stuck in it. You got to deal with it. This is just, here's a pool somebody else took care of. Either it's free or, Mo, you like to pay a quarter or 50 cents and go and play play around all day. And you could get in all day long. It was a babysitter like Wet n' Wild was, you george yeah yeah
2: just stay there yep hopefully love the sunburn <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about marco polo either you guys oh, play yeah. that
2: i played that yeah Oh, yeah. sure
0: that was where you had to close your eyes right and just have yeah, to right let's listen for where people are marco polo marco <laughs>
1: <laughs> those types of games you would always make up stuff uh you know like uh the pool that i did get to play at they had one mm-hmm. of the little nerf hoops on the side of it so oh, they they could did. play oh, cool. pool basketball yep. I know I've seen people have like a net across the pool Mm -hmm. so you can play water, Mm -hmm. volleyball, whatever. Tons of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, we just made up random games of what was around. We had some uh, some of those rings that were weighted on one end. So when you drop them, they would go to the bottom of the pool, but stand up straight. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we had a little loop, but it sat on the floor of the pool. And so we would play a game where we'd throw them all in the pool. One guy would throw them in and try to throw them as far and as wide as you can. And then you jump off the diving board and see how many you can get before you have to come up for air. Oh, oh okay. right. It was just so that's the game. Like, right. How many did you get? Three? How many did you get? Four? Who won? I don't care. Let's do it again. It was yeah, the playing right. of the game, not so much who won necessarily. Right. It's like, all right, I'm going to throw them hard. So now some are in the shallow end and some are in the deep end. And yeah, just making up games. And the, but the pool was always a fun, mm-hmm. it was a great way to spend summertime. You know, I mentioned before that my dad was a truck driver and it made it seem like a leap to go from truck driving to playing in the pool or in the water. But he often drove one of those big tanks, the big tanker trucks. And oh, I think really? often it was like orange juice concentrate or something. The big trailers look like a thermos on wheels, right? Uh So sometimes he would come home and it was empty. And he would say, hey, you guys want to play in the tank? What? We're like- are you kidding? Seriously? <laughs> We'd take the hose and put it up in the top hole, that big manhole cover right, at the top. Right. We'd run in it and let it run overnight, just fill it with water. And the next day, it was about two feet deep, 40 feet long. We'd go down the ladder inside the tank and splash around in this giant thermos like we were mice inside of
1: a bottle. Didn't it get like hot in there from the sun and the metal? And Not enough to dissuade us. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> It, it, the water it got warm certainly the
0: water was warm and we would we'd run from one end to the other and slosh it back and forth what i found out at a later date was my dad needed to clean the tank and so oh, he geez. was using our energy <laughs> to slosh the water around and oh, clean the tank smart. so he could then flush it out and have it clean and empty so smart
2: <laughs> who knew wow that just seems dangerous i don't know why i mean that's half the podcast so yeah, that's, true. that's fine why
0: not <laughs> look I, I survived i made
4: You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you're a die hard Gen X
0: grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. We're
1: having a blast at the beach. Why, we're into Beach
3: Blast Barbie. Beach Blast Barbie. Into setting all the trends. Beach Blast Barbie is the one with all the friends. She's into clip-on hair that turns pink in the sun. Wow. Beach Blast Barbie, you're the one. We're into Barbie. We're into Barbie.
0: Beach Blast Barbie doll and friends. Beach Party set and buggy
4: each sold separately. You put accessories together. New from the town
2: one thing we didn't talk about was summer camp. Now mm. I went mm-hmm. yeah. pretty much yeah. every summer. My dad shipped me off the summer camp for a few weeks, um, which was great. Actually. I was, so I was, thrilled mm-hmm. to do that because having that few weeks away from family made you feel you know, right. more dependent Part of that again freedom. and all that yeah. fun stuff. But did you guys even have that same experience or did you ever have the opportunity to do something like that?
1: I, I did not. I always wanted to go to summer camp and never got a chance to go when I was younger. And then as, like I said, when I got 11, 12 years old, a lot of my summers were working in the grocery store a lot of times. So uh, right. there was never going to be a time where I could be gone for a week or two to uh. some other place. Oh. Um I did, fortunately, get to send my youngest son to summer camp okay. for one summer, and so I kind of got to vicariously live <laughs> through him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he came back with stories, and we talked and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a much different experience because he had a cell phone. Oh, and yeah, I know yeah. part so of the summer connected. camp thing was yeah. yeah being you know disconnected completely, like you said, right. Mo. So I think summer camp today is much different than summer camp back then.
2: Yeah, because actually the friends I made in summer camp that was the only place I saw them. Yeah, yeah. They they were was summer friends. camp. And right. that was it. Because again, I didn't have. Maybe if I had phones, it'd be different. You know, we'd be texting to all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. which I guess is yeah. more like today's world. Yeah, I enjoyed summer camp. I did
0: probably for four or five consecutive years. I went mm-hmm. to Boy Scout camp because oh, okay. I was in scouting, oh, yeah. and they had a camp that was designated as a Boy Scout camp. And I guess they must have done it for six weeks or so throughout the summer. But you would go to one of the sessions, mm-hmm. right? And so you would meet a certain group of kids if you went, and so you'd all kind of coordinate. You know, different troops. You would go. Away we're all going to go on week three. So we all want to hang out and, you know, get together. Sure. And if your troop changed weeks and they got too packed, you're like, Oh, we didn't get to see those guys at all this year, but it was well coordinated. Cause you can imagine a scout camp is about, you know, trying to you know learn better with knots and learn better, you know, compass navigation or or swimming or merit badge stuff. <laughs> a lot of classes, but there was plenty of just screw around with yeah. your buddies, be in the woods stuff. Th- there was a lot more of that in hindsight than I realized at the time. At the time, I just want to screw around all the time and the, the <laughs> <laughs> stuff was garbage. But it was a good balance, actually. And I think I look back on it, it was really, really fondly. You know, And you you alluded to you know, probably the reason it was so much different for your son, George, was because of cell phones. And I think that's a big impact on how summers have changed, not just a summer camp, but summers in general. And it affected, we talked, when we talked about uh, autonomy growing up as kids, you're accessible, you're trackable. Yeah. People know where you are. They can find where you're at. You're like, I see you're too far away. I see you're at the damn quarry.
1: <laughs> you're outside of the geo fence get back (laughs)
0: yeah yeah i I got an alert because you were more than 30 feet from the house you know you didn't have that and you couldn't touch home and go hey i'll be running a little bit late if you're out of touch you're out of touch
2: right yeah
1: yeah i mean i think it's a it's an inevitable thing to happen with the way technology advances it's always technology is always going to change the way sure your old childhood days were Uh, For Mm -hmm. us growing up with the biggest explosion of technology, I think it's extremely important to recognize how we lived in the era just before the big tech booms. And then we raised our children during the big tech booms Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. cell phones are a major part of that change for lifestyle and play and autonomy and everything else
0: i don't understand why the technology is one thing but people say that like oh kids today don't go out and play they stay inside because they got xbox and they got the internet and whatever but but we had atari and television and stuff why is it so much different now why is it so much more inside play than out is it just because parents are more protective or why do you think it is
2: See, for me, I mentioned my dad would literally throw us out in the morning. I mean, get out (laughs) of the house, go do whatever. Mm. Don't get arrested. Don't kill anybody. Whatever. Come home. <laughs> you know. I mean. I mean. My dad would actually get upset if we stayed home and watched TV. Like that would bother him. You know, to no yeah. end. And he he said, "Kids your age you need to be out there exercising and doing stuff outside, not stuff inside." I mean, even I know was, we all have kids, and as you know, watching my kids and thinking how much time they spent inside versus outside. I mean, yeah, it was very different.
1: I, I think John, you hit upon it a little bit. The fear. Part for parenting, right? Sure. And we talked about yeah. it in that episode where society conned us into making sure that we were observant and there for our children every single second of the day, and they were a whole right, world right. and all that craziness that I now see as bullshit. <laughs> uh, but also, I think the advent of the internet is a big differentiator between your Atari and television, ColecoVision days, and your Xbox, PlayStation days. So when we played Atari and television or ColecoVision, the only interaction you would have with your friends is when they would come to your house to play with you. Just a point. Right? You're right. Yeah. When yeah. my kids were growing up, when your kids were growing up, they could play with kids across the world because of the mm-hmm. internet and the different tools and the consoles that were connected to it. So I think the internet, you know, developing in the early 90s, that's really kind of the place where, We swapped from less outside play and even less in-person inside play to completely disconnected, although... I know it's connected play because of the internet, but it's really <laughs> right. disconnected play when yeah. you look at yeah. it. Yeah,
0: it's a different kind of socialization that is not equivalent. It's not yes. the same thing. It's interesting and it's fun, but it's not, Yeah, it doesn't get the same experience.
1: And I'm know. not saying which one is better or worse, although mine is always better, but I'm just <laughs> saying that I think... Uh, Damn kids today! <laughs> we probably haven't really understood the whole impact of that change
2: yet. No, I, I agree. I think we'll find out soon. Yeah. You know, or uh, kind yeah. Of, <laughs> as we're kind of seeing it. But the other thing too is like the game that we did and stuff it was all like we had to almost come up with most of this stuff ourselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas you know you look at especially the more up to date video games stuff like that there's really no you're not imagining anything no 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 when you're playing Halo or when you're playing these other games you know we could sit there and play 2600 for a long time granted right? <laughs> but eventually even it got to a point where like you know let's let's go do something else for a while outside is
0: actually more interesting than right. something I'm doing exactly. it's not so immersive that I wasn't exactly. thinking about hey when such and such gets back with his parents we're going to go run down to the, to exactly. the dirt pile and screw yeah. around
1: Yeah. well and there's another aspect of that as well us going outside by ourselves on our own autonomy and playing in the dirt pile or riding the bikes or whatever that was mm-hmm. free play and by free play I mean literally we didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> right. We would right. go outside and entertain ourselves and our friends. I've noticed with my youngest child in his generation, most of the parenting play time started moving into more of a paid atmosphere. Uh, specifically, there are places that are designed for parents to take their children and pay by the hour for the kids to get to run around <laughs> and play on these like little oh, bounce sp- houses
2: things. The and- bounce
1: house places yeah. or the Foam mats and tumbling—it's called, called a playground. Parents, come on! Well, <laughs> right, but parents these days don't seem to feel safe with their children mm. unless it's a place where they're paying for people to supervise their children, so mm. nobody gets hurt or stolen or whatever. Mm. And I think that goes back to that previous podcast that we had—the the discussion. That's—it's a detriment to this generation. Those kids are not learning their own autonomy. And even though it was all about summer and play and fun, mm-hmm. we didn't see what it was going to benefit us later in adulthood. I think now we, we noticed the difference. Now we know,
0: sure. right. There was no way to tell
1: at the time is just how it was. Right. Yeah. We didn't know the
0: things we either liked or didn't liked. We weren't aware that it was serving us so well. In mm-hmm. hindsight, we see that, but now we know. Yeah. Well, even we had a whole podcast about how cool roadside attractions were when you're on vacation or, or, yeah. you know, th- places you could go and just check out a giant ball of twine, or whatever or the, <laughs> the statue of a chicken that everybody goes and you know throws rocks at, or whatever. But more and more, to, to your point, it's organized play or organized entertainment, mm-hmm. like theme parks are kind of start to take over those freebie things a
2: little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's definitely a generational difference between all the smaller family run amusement venues, like a Gatorland Zoo, John, you probably mm-hmm. heard of that yep. one here in Florida. Oh yeah. Uh, Heck yeah. You know, the <laughs> smaller, like uh, Silver Springs, where you had the glass bottom boat rides mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Wikiwachi and, <laughs> and the Mermaids. Wikiwachi and the Mermaids, yeah. Mo's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> this <Right>. sounds <laughs>
2: funny though, the Florida thing. Uh,
1: versus the corporate theme parks, like the Disneys and the Universals. Mm-hmm. Those yep. are now so large and they've eclipsed the smaller places that it's just just like Walmart taking over Main Street USA in a small town. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Right? And I, I I definitely miss that. And I'm sad that I wasn't aware enough to think about it when I was taking my children on vacations as a parent, that instead of going to Disney and Universal, because that's all their minds saw on cartoons every day. <laughs> yeah. Instead of going to those places, taking them to the Wikiwachi Springs or Mm -hmm. one of those kinds of places. Because those would have been so much less sterile, fun memories. They have character. This.
0: I still remember, don't know where. I still remember as a kid, my parents taking me to some wild west place that had a gunfight shootout mm-hmm. and you went into a saloon and you got sarsaparilla yep. that place, where was that no idea do i still remember it today 40 50 years later damn straight i do mm-hmm. can i go back nope who knows it was Gone.
1: petticoat junction the cowboy town in panama city sir was that it probably i don't was. know if that's where you went but that's where i went
2: it <laughs> could could've have been could have been too probably
1: they had <laughs> a, like a little train that would leave the amusement park and take you over to it and i still Maybe. to this day have pictures that my my parents took, and huh. yeah, my kids are going to have the Disney pictures, but they're going to have the same picture that seven billion Everybody other else kids price. have. Yeah, yeah. nobody's going to have that one with the rubber tomahawk and the little feather <laughs> thing that I would buy and the pistol. Yeah. You know, I didn't know if I was a cowboy or an Indian. Totally
2: culturally inappropriate! <laughs> oh God, it
1: was terrible. But now, now we know. But it was still. I mean, it was it was childhood. It was fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Looking back, what do you think was your best or favorite summer at what age? What do you think? You know, I look back and I think when I was about, I want to say probably about 10, 10 years old was just right. I I could go out on the bike on my own. I could run around. I had great friends. We'd have any of the worries of the world. Mm. And I think look back, that 10-year-old, which would have been, what, 79-ish kind of thing, I just had a blast at that age. I remember kids and play from that time. Do you guys remember, remember what was your favorite year? What
2: age? You remember, Mo? Uh, yeah, probably, I have to say, seventh grade. How old would I be then? 12, 12 or so, 12, right? 12, yeah, 12 13, maybe? Like 12, 13, yeah. because that's when, basically, I could kind of just go wherever. <laughs> so okay. if I could take mass transit I could do it at that point when I was that age parents you know, oh, like yeah. didn't okay. worry as yeah. much And that's when, like I said, that was the summer we went to the, I mean, I went to the beach like every other day with friends and we, Mm, you know, go to Central Park every day and just meet there. And it was just like independent fun for the first time. I think that's why I probably remember it so well. Mm. What about you, George? What was your favorite Gen X kid summer?
1: Uh, Well, kid summer probably would be around nine, Mm -hmm. something like that, because you're still young and innocent and everything is fun. And, you know, (laughs) it's just about trying to have as much playtime with your friends as possible. Um, but I think my favorite summer in age was probably 16 okay. uh, and mainly older. because, yeah. you know, I had my first vehicle and I had that independence that I fought and strove for as a young mm-hmm. child around the neighborhood so much. And that was the, at 16 was the first time where uh, my parents still probably don't know this, but that was the first <laughs> time I actually went on a trip and drove to Panama city by myself at 16 oh. years old. <laughs> They've been that
0: far. Wow. I
1: got into a bar. I didn't drink, Ooh. but I, they let me inside. And there was a bikini contest. And I flirted <laughs> with the bikini girls in the contest all day. That was probably my favorite summer.
4: I can see why.
2: I think that's my, not my new favorite summer.
1: That's your favorite summer,
2: 16 now? <laughs>
0: you want my 16 year George's 16 is my favorite summer. <laughs> We're all just going to use yours. Okay, George? That are there you. you go. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys, a hell of a lot of fun spending time with you talking about our gen x experiences it's summer the toys and mm-hmm. the games that we played. fourth listener, i hope you enjoyed this i hope this sparks some memories for you if you will i hope you'll yeah. write in and let us know what
2: those things are we love to hear from you yeah man i'd love to hear from our fourth listeners with their best summer and why what was your best summer yeah maybe, it was,
0: maybe they all also want georgia's yeah, sure want everybody George's. wants yours
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll write down the memory somewhere and let everybody have fun with share it.
0: it you need pictures <laughs> Before we get out of this show, a really quick thanks for a brand new Patreon supporter. Anna Maria joined us just recently at that $3 level. Thank you so much, Anna Maria. Uh, I wrote her again asking, hey, how'd you find us? So what made you decide you wanted to be a patron and support us? Uh, She said uh, she found us listening to some other podcast, heard an ad. She said, I was thrilled to hear there was a group of guys my age extolling the virtues of being a Gen X. -er." (laughs) I started listening and just loved everything you discuss i found myself talking back and had to support my brethren
3: nice
0: (laughs) she says so much fun i'm listening to the playground equipment right now but almost wet my pants laughing remembering (laughs) head trauma and getting the wind knocked out of me how did we survive cheers Uh, and thanks for the fun Anna Maria
2: that's awesome thank (laughs)
0: Thank you you. so grateful that you joined us as a financial supporter over on patreon we're grateful for you and to all the supporters who put their money where their mouth is uh, help keep the wind in our sails keep us doing what we're doing whether it's over there on patreon over on youtube uh, clicking that uh, thanks button or that join button that is going to wrap it up for this backtrack edition of the show don't worry we'll be back in two weeks with another one and next week is the standard edition of our show until then i am john George, thank you so very much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody.
3: No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a
0: grown-up? X Grown-Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. No
3: not she shows till sunrise. Unacceptable for grown-ups
0: dinner fries basically life sucks as a grown-up i had some old jeans that i cut up and shredded so i could be lou ferrigno the greatest american hero i'm like i tore lou up Frigno, my the pants the greatest american hero or the hulk? incredible hulk no no
1: because <laughs> lou ferrigno as the greatest he? american hero would have been an awesome no, damn that show. Would be a show. <laughs> that would be a show
3: <laughs> you've got questions we've got answers